Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah, and as always, thanks for listening. To begin today's show, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening. Those who take the time out of their day and their busy schedules to listen to the episodes, I really can't express my gratitude enough. I thank each and every one of you. If you're old or new to the show, I just ask right now that you would email a friend, send a link to a friend, um, just share, get the word out there. That's all I need from you guys right now. I just ask that you continue to share and, you know, like the show and please give me some feedback if you got any. I'm not, a, uh, I'm, I don't object to any kind of constructive criticism, so please bombard me with it all you can. I'll put a link down in the show notes below that you guys can click on and you can leave me a voicemail right there. I won't necessarily share it on the show unless you absolutely want me to. So uh, don't forget to follow me on Facebook at the Southern Spectre uh, Podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Southern Spectre. And uh, just keep up the good work, guys. I can't ask, you know, can't ask enough. I really do appreciate everything. So on today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I actually got the chance to uh, interview resident of Savannah, Georgia, Miss Enika Edenfield, or Eni for short. I apologize if I got your name wrong. She has done all the hard work. Um, she's done the research, uh, searching through records and files and uh, just compiling just all the information you could possibly want to ask her about some of the strange tales and residents of savannah georgia and it's it's just amazing the stuff that she knows um but i hope you guys take a listen um and i hope you guys enjoy it you know if this is something that you guys enjoy let me know um maybe i'll bring her back at a later date um maybe i'll even try and find more guests for the show um because as of right now you know i'm doing this all solo so uh I hope you guys enjoy it, and I uh, hope you guys uh, take heed and listen to what she's got to say and everything, and uh, who knows, if you ever happen to be in Savannah, I definitely strongly look her up. She can definitely point you in the right direction of uh, where you want to check things out. So, without any further ado, let's kick off the show. And now, it's time to pull up a chair, settle in. And cozy up for the Southern Spectre Podcast. Enjoy. Hello. Hi. Hey. All right. We got some pretty good quality here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Trying to make sure I got all my volumes up. I think. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and get started. And I have here on the show with me today, uh, Miss Eni Edenfield. And uh, she is from the big city of Savannah, Georgia. And she's going to be sharing some things with us today. And uh, Miss Eni, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, well, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about the, about yourself? I am originally from the Florida Panhandle. I grew up in a really small town over there and moved to Savannah in 2010 and moved away briefly during the decade, but missed it so much. And <laughs> been a journalist for 17 years, and now I'm a freelance writer. Awesome. <laughs> that's that's great and uh you want to give a shameless plug here for your uh tiktok account yeah i am uh spanish salty waves and spanish moss and you can also find my blog at salty waves and spanish moss.com well there you go guys go check her out um all right well how did you get into knowing so much about the history of savannah when I was, I, I came up here March of 2010, right after St. Patrick's Day for a job interview at the NBC affiliate here in town. 
And I was already friends with one of the reporters who was working at the station. And that weekend we spent time going around town and she was showing me everything. And she kept pointing out buildings saying, you know, that one's haunted. That one's haunted. That one's haunted over there. And I, <laughs> my shoulder. I, I feel like you could save time if you just pointed out the buildings that weren't haunted. And I'll just assume everything else is. Absolutely. And yeah. just hanging out with her and then wandering around town once I had moved here. I started learning more and more. And one of my coworkers at the news station is an old school Savannian. She's been here her entire life. So have her parents. And she knows pretty much everything you could possibly know about Savannah. And she knows everybody in Savannah. <laughs> so through her, I learned a lot as well. That is so awesome. Um, yeah, I know that Savannah is a is a major city and a, a major, you know, historical platform platform for uh, Georgia. And uh, it's just, it's just amazing. Like you said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be a building that's not haunted or, or doesn't have some sort of historical background that didn't play a significant part in building the city into what it is today. And it's just so fascinating. And I do believe, and you'll probably correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I do believe that Savannah has been named uh, the most haunted city in America. Is that correct? There are some people say it's the most, and then there are others who say it's just one of the most. Right. And I'm more comfortable saying it's one of the most. I gotcha. Because how do you count ghosts? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to look at it. All right. Um, so what would be your one favorite historical fact about Savannah itself? A lot of people forget that Georgia was one of the original 13 colonies. And so they forget about our history with the Revolutionary War. Right. And if you go downtown and you head to Congress Street where uh, Vinnie Van Gogh's is, the pizza place, there's right. a statue there in the square of Haitian soldiers who came from Haiti to help savannah fight for independence from britain and wow i was amazed when i learned that i you never hear about the other countries that came over to help us mostly you just hear about the people who are already here yeah absolutely that is that is very interesting that's something i didn't even know about it that's pretty cool um Let's see here. Uh, so I'm going to ask you at this time to please share some of your favorite spooky tales about the city. What are those ones that really get under your skin? You know, maybe something that's a little bit whimsical, something a little bit dark. Why you have the floor. <laughs> okay. Well, part of what I've been doing is going back and researching a lot of the ghost stories and finding out what's actually true because some of the ones that I thought were absolutely terrifying, I went back and found out that either they were completely fabricated or <laughs> that there were details that didn't quite match up. And right. So the ones that I've been researching that turned out to be true, I thought were really sweet and kind of sad. Um, like right. the waving girl of Savannah who has yeah. the yeah. street. I love her story. Everybody always talks about how, you know, she used to greet the ships as they came in, hoping that one of them would be carrying her lost love. And that never happened. But she waved to all the ships as they came in to the Savannah River just because she wanted the sailors to feel welcome. And I thought that was so sweet and kind of heartbreaking because she never got married, but she just kept waving to ships her entire life. And oh my goodness. there are people who say that she still waves to them. Some people claim that you can see her on the island where her brother was stationed to man the river lights. And they say right. they see her still waving to people as they come in. Oh, my word. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. So I love that one. And one that just drives me nuts because I'm trying to figure out what it's about. There's a house in town. It doesn't have a name. It is just known as 432 Abercorn. And okay. it's one of those kind of like a murder house because everyone has a story about this house. And 
none of the history quite matches up. Okay. They've started somewhere. The main story that people tell is that the man who originally lived there with his family, his wife died in childbirth or from fever, and he was left alone to raise their little girl, and he didn't know how to be a father. He just knew okay. how to be a soldier. And mm-hmm. he was frustrated with her because she would keep playing with the kids from the newly opened school next door to their home. And he didn't want her to be associating with lower class children. So one okay. day he tied her to a chair sitting in one of the front mm-hmm. windows of the home and made her watch the children play without the ability to be able to go out there and join, join her friends. And mm. he left her there for several days and she ended up dying from dehydration and heat stroke. And I was like, man, that is a horrible story. Like, how could you do that? Yourself? And having worked in news, you know, I've, I've seen real people who have done horrible things to their children. And absolutely. so I thought I need to research this. I need to find out what happened. Turns out none of that is true. But to Abercorn, everyone swears it's haunted. Everyone swears that they see ghosts in the windows. Everyone swears that they've had experiences with electrical interference when they were trying to take pictures. Their phones would shut down or apps Uh would randomly open up on their phone. Hmm. So I, I am trying so hard to find out what the truth is about this house because it's a fascinating house and it sat there dilapidated for years until 2018 it was bought and sold twice in 2018 and the second person who bought it is fixing it up now and i'm trying to find out who owns it now so i can talk to them <laughs> and find out if they've experienced anything because there has okay to be something to this i got you um now is this the um i'm trying to think there were two houses that come to mind because i had actually went on, I've been on a few ghost tours uh, of the city, and um, I don't recall a story like what you just told us about the the one that com- seemed uh, completely fabricated. But uh, I don't recall any any stories similar to that. But I do remember there was a there was a two story house. I think it was on Abercorn Street. It was a two story house, and I think it had something. The story had to do with uh, with actual uh, teenagers actually playing with a uh, a witch board or a Ouija board. That's the same and, house. Uh, <laughs> it, oh, is it? Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Okay. I, okay. I heard that that happened in the 1950s. Went back and checked. The family who owned it in the 1950s had adult children who had already moved out of the house. So that one's not true either. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's basically a house with all these stories that never actually happened. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like something had to have happened there because there are people in town who swear up and down that they get a negative energy from that house. And I'm not the type of person to say, oh, you're just making that up because I feel like people who are open to that sort of thing are intuitive and do pick up on things that a lot of other people can't. So I feel like there's got to be something there. No one has picked up on the actual truth, though. Well, maybe it was, uh, I don't know there. Like, I agree with you. There must've been some, that one story that kicked off a train of other stories to, you know, make it is, uh, make it what it is today. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, you're just having to rifle through everything else to try and find what the truth is. Right. Because even though Savannah is technically a city, it's a city that acts like a small town and, Yes. Having grown up in a small southern town, I know it's always one little thing that starts an avalanche. And no, absolutely. You have to go back and find that pebble. That's right. I agree totally. Because I'm from a small southern town as well, and I know all too well about that. So, yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with you there. Um, I do know I could be wrong about this because I, as much as I love the city of Savannah, it has been quite a while since me and the wife have actually um, made a trip down there. Um, but I, maybe you can tell me about this house because I can't remember the name of it. 
Um, it, I think it was a slave house, and this I think it's the one that's painted like haint blue. Um, if I remember correctly, I could be completely wrong about that. But uh, they say you can rent it and stay a night, although there are people that the claim is that, that nobody has been able to stay a night in it. Now, that was what I heard at the time. I'm not sure if anybody has stayed there since or if they're even uh, allowing that. And you'll know the house because it just does not fit in with the rest of the houses on the block. That sounds familiar, but I haven't heard that particular story about it. Okay. I mean, hate blue is also that, a very common color around here. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a weird looking home. I'll have to go back and look it up and see if I can find out what the name of that house is. Because um, like I said, it is a home that you can find on the internet. It's one you can rent. Um and you can try and stay the night there. And I think it has like the slave quarters in the back, or maybe it was a, it's a much older house and you can definitely tell all that. And people say they get an uneasy feeling in there. And uh, it's just a lot of people say that you are just, you just can't stay the night for whatever reason or another. So I've always been curious about that home. Not sure. I've never actually heard of anybody's firsthand experiences in the home or even trying to stay the night, but I just figured I'd ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I feel like that one is closer to where the pirate's house is. Not. I think you may be right. Close to it because I, I feel like I can see it in my head. Right. Because they're. And it's kind of like, it's not on the main strip. It's like a block or two back. Right. Cause there are a couple of houses over there that, survived the fires that came through savannah and the earthquakes we had an earthquake and that's something a lot of people <laughs> don't know either um but it managed to survive all of that and there are just a couple of houses over in that general vicinity that you can tell are much older than pretty much anything else downtown oh wow it's just amazing to just the, I love, and that's one thing that you get. And that's one thing about Savannah that I've actually noticed in the past is that every time I visit Savannah, it, the city itself has a sense about it. It has a feeling to it. And it's a sense that I've always experienced every time I've gone back. And it just feels like it's just shrouded and you can feel it like it's just draped in mystery it's shrouded in history it's just it's it's just something i can't really explain but it's just one of those cities that has a feeling to it and that only savannah itself can deliver absolutely this this city holds on to its history in such a way that you feel like you could turn a corner and accidentally step back in time absolutely I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, I'm sorry. I did not mean to cut you off and you, you're more than welcome <laughs> to continue on with your stories. <laughs> oh, where was I, where was I going with that? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> and it'll be all right. Um, um, I do, I do have friends who had worked at the pirate house and mm-hmm. that, People constantly ask me, you know, are there places I, I should stay that are really haunted? Are there restaurants I should go eat at that are really haunted? And honestly, most of them have some sort of ghost or scary story or weird history to them. But if right. you are looking for a place to eat that has a fantastic ghost story, either... Pirate House, The Pink House, or Moon River Brewery. I always have trouble. (laughs) Um, All three places are very haunted. And the people that I know who have worked at all three places tell me that at the end of the night when everyone else goes home and it's just the staff there, you can feel those presences there. And Mm -hmm. one of my friends who worked at Moon River she and I were talking recently about her experiences there. And she said that she refused to go down into the basement by herself because she knew there was a dark presence there. She had seen it. Oh my goodness. She had 
said that there were other people who had experiences on the upper floors as well. But mostly it's the basement. Everyone always talks about the upper floors of Moon River with the woman in white who wanders around. But right. people that I've spoken with who've actually worked there tell me the basement is really the more active location. No, you're going to have to. No, nah, I'm not going <laughs> in the basement. Oh, no. Yeah, that's 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 creepy. I got I got chill bumps when you said about a dark entity. Oh, man, that's. And that's the one that also has the lion ghosts in the basement. Yeah. Now that's something I had never actually heard before until I actually saw it on your TikTok, And I was like, Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? I, I never heard that story. And I have, you know, taken the, um, one of the ghost tours into the brewery itself. And I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever recalled mm -hmm. that story. Um, but that is, that is interesting stuff. And you say you can actually hear the people's claim that they can hear the chains of the, of the lions of where, of where the lions used to be actually chained uh, in the rooms. Mm -hmm. Correct. They, uh, oh, some people have felt like they were being stalked when they were down there. Ooh. And other people have said that they've heard chains rattling as if somebody was moving around or something was moving around. Ooh. That, that's creepy. Yeah. I don't, mm. Uh, it'd be hard to find a good, uh, especially a, a service job in Savannah like that, because like you said, most every place you go has got a story or an entity or lying <laughs> chain to the wall, something. But So, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yep. A lot, a lot and, of the uh, servers I know have some weird story about someplace they've worked downtown. Man. So what is the, cause I, I'm not familiar cause I don't even, I don't think I've ever actually been inside the pirate's house as many times yeah. as I've been to Savannah. I've never actually gone to the pirate's house. Um, not that I can recall, but what is the story behind that? So one? it started off as a garden bed. Uh, when Savannah was first founded, they tried to plant a garden there, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a farmer's daughter. And the soil in Savannah <laughs> is not good for gardening. It, it's very sandy. Right. And they found that out the hard way. But <laughs> that building has been added onto over the years. And you can, when you walk in, you can tell where one structure started and where the add-on became added on because it's, it's, hmm. It's a very unique building inside. And there is a hole that almost looks like a well. And when you mm -hmm. step over close to it, you can see that it's actually a tunnel. And when the pirate's house was a pub, it was used as sort of a recruiting station for pirates and buccaneers. They would right. wait for people to get so sloshed they didn't know which way was which and throw them down in the tunnel. And then those people would wake up on mm -mm. a ship and suddenly they're a pirate. Oh, wow. Wow. So is it true that is this the place where Robert Louis Stevenson got the uh, inspiration for uh, Treasure that Island. That is a very prevalent rumor, and I haven't seen anything personally that disproves it. But there's also another story in town hmm. that another story influenced Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So I don't know if people are just trying to sort of self-insert Savannah into literary history, but I would definitely <laughs> be looking into that one a little bit more. Okay, great. I can't wait to see what you come up with that because, uh, you know, during some of my investigations, like uh, with my research, as far as some of the uh, tales that I've told on the show so far, I didn't realize that Blackbeard was so prevalent through mm -hmm. the South. So, <laughs> um, Let's see here. There's another one I'm curious about um, because, like I said, I've, I've gone through the ghost tours, but I kind of got you here to sort of you know, whether or not you've actually, uh, you know, kind of 
went through, you know, shoveled through all the mess to figure out what's real and what's not. So my next question would be, have to be uh, the 1790 yes. end. Um, is okay. Cause I, when I went, um, I did see the so-called uh, letter from Miley Cyrus, yes. I believe it was. Um, and I believe it was, I believe there's a picture there on hand of oh, someone had taken a picture and there was a mirror in the picture and there's a woman actually that can be seen in the mirror in the image, but where she should be standing in the room, no one of course is there. I haven't seen that picture. I've seen the picture that Miley posted of her boots. She said that she had okay. her boots and then the next morning she woke up and her boots were outside of her luggage and there was a wet palm print on one of those and that picture Ooh. and that's one that she posted herself so only she can tell it's real and wrong. okay I, right I, now that i i have i don't remember uh hearing about that particular picture um but i do remember they when we went they actually read the letter and of all the weird occurrences that happened while she was there um can you go into the history of that uh not necessarily her experience, but the uh, inn itself in I'm general. I'm still looking into the history of the inn, but from what okay. I've been able to tell so far, the the popular story is that a woman named Anna haunts the building and that she was right. either murdered by her husband or that she committed suicide and that now she sort right. of exists to antagonize and or just confront men who are booked in the room that she haunts i don't right. know if anna is real in that her name is anna some people mm -hmm. speculate that that's just a name that's been assigned to her like some people just know that they have a ghost in their house and they just name it bob or something right so Still trying to figure and out will... <laughs> where she came from, but so many people have had experiences right. in that room, and the experiences are so varied that to me it seems like there's got to be something there. Hmm, mm -hmm. that's quite interesting. And then the kitchen there is haunted as well. I remember something vaguely about the uh, the mm -hmm. kitchen itself, but could you elaborate there on that? There are at least two ghosts that are in the mm. restaurant kitchen bar area. Uh, one of them will disturb the kitchen staff. They'll hide ingredients, move things, uh, throw things on the floor when they're trying to prepare dishes. And then there's also a little boy that likes to play with people in the restaurant. Mm. One of my friends mm. is a bartender there, and she... She told me that she's experienced the little boy and the angrier ghost in the kitchen. And she does not like being there after everyone leaves. I can only imagine why. Um, because I think... My apologies. I just had a train wreck. <laughs> okay. Um. Because I, re I remember when we went there, and uh, that's the one thing that that mannequin they have in the window <laughs> gets me every time. I'm walking around Savannah, and you look up, and you see somebody's forehead pressed against the window, and sure enough, it's it's a mannequin. So, But, yeah, I think they sometimes she's on display, sometimes she's not. But that is the room where uh, the so-called Anna was uh, murdered or uh, mm -hmm. committed suicide, yeah, correct? They either have her in okay. the room or they have her in the hallway. It just sort of depends. Oh, and gotcha. The, oh. It's, so where I grew up in Florida, there's a bridge called the Bellamy mm -hmm. Bridge. And everyone says it's haunted by the ghost of Elizabeth Bellamy, but everybody has a different version of the story on why she haunts that bridge. And Anna's kind of the right. same way. There are so many different stories about her and they put her in different time periods. And, you know, some people say that 
she was going to leave with a sailor that she fell in love with and her jealous husband found out and threw her out a window. Some people say that her father locked her in that room and that she jumped out the window. So there are just so many different versions of it. And you have to just sort of go back and figure out where any of this is coming from because there was a woman named Anna who right. actually live and own that building for a while uh, but she lived till old age she did not jump out a window okay so that could possibly be where the name came from doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that that's right. who the ghost actually is yeah. Um, yeah we have something similar around here and if my guess is uh Correct. You probably have something down around uh, Savannah or even uh, back in Florida as well. We actually have a yes. crybaby road or a crybaby bridge road. Um, and I think um, I actually read up on that one one time before. And of course, the legend is usually about the same with a tweak here or there, depending on who's telling the story. But of course, a young mother who was traveling, you know, and was either in a fatal wreck or, and, you know, her and the baby went over the bridge and they didn't survive or uh, she was murdered or she threw the baby in the water, whatever the case may be. It seems like every county in the South has a crybaby bridge. And, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that seems to resonate throughout and it just, Oh, well, you got one of those too? Yeah, we got one too. So so at some point, there probably was yeah. an actual crybaby bridge or road. And it just sounds similar enough to things that happened in other places that the tale took off. Right. Now, uh, I know this is something me and you had discussed um, or talked about once before because I asked you about it. Um, the book. Uh, Savannah's known for Midnight yes. in the Garden of Good and Evil. Um, I am a fan of the book. However, I am quite curious because um, I want to know what your take on on that is. I know it's it's kind of leaning toward the paranormal, but not necessarily. Um, I have read that the book itself is um, just it's the way that it's not necessarily the exact timeline that those mm-hmm. events took place. Um, I have also mm-hmm. heard that it was just the way, he, you know, like I said, the timeline and it was the way he compiled the book to make it seem that way. Um, and I've also heard there is another book out there that somebody, the, matter of fact, the last time I was in Savannah, somebody actually recommended, uh, recommended to me. And I don't know the author, but the name, the title of the book is called After Midnight, and it's about uh, a journalist uh, like yourself. And they actually went and done their research and kind of uncovered some uh, some truths about what the the book actually about the whole murder case with Jim Williams. And uh, so, it, it you know, I'm kind of curious about, you know, how much of that is actually real versus, you know, not. And I'm not sure if you know too much about that. But, you know, if you have any insight, it'd be great, great to well, hear. When it. John was researching Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and I never use his last name because I'm always scared I'm going to butcher it. Uh, but <laughs> I understand. he's taking all these stories from people and he's also approaching these experiences from a out of town mindset. And so obviously there's going to be, I hate to use the word bias, but yeah, kind of a bias because you're not going back behind people to find out if what they're telling you is true. You're just saying, I showed to this party, these people were here. This person said this thing. And then this happened. And that's what, Right is it's just him sharing these experiences that he's had, and I haven't read exactly. After Midnight yet. I I know it exists, uh, but I would be fascinated to go back and read that version and see how things actually line up from a more journalistic perspective. Because recently, I was talking to another one of my Savannah friends here, Chris Susie who is also a former journalist and a fantastic uh, storyteller. <laughs> he tells some great ghost stories. 
Uh, I am more of mm. a written ghost story person, and Chris can right. tell a story. And he and I were talking about another popular house that people have a lot of stories about, the Espy House, which is close to 432 Abercorn. And yeah. <laughs> and really? I think, I've never, I don't think I've actually ever heard of that it's house. It's not one that people generally know by name. They just know that it's haunted. It's on the same square. And the story mm -hmm. is that a little girl was killed there because her grandparents were fighting and they pushed over a table that uh, was topped with marble and that the marble hit the girl in the head and crushed her skull. And that mm. later that same couple's oldest son got mixed up with a mobster in town and was left on the doorstep beaten and tortured uh, as an example. And so I thought, well, that's horrible that these two tragic events happened to this family. <laughs> and I started going back and researching it. Yeah. And everyone said that the son, Wesley, was left as an example because his father was a judge. And I started researching the family more and finding out what the truth was with those deaths. And it's one of those close but no cigar kind of things. <laughs> like they got some details right, but not everything. Right. And I contacted Chris because I was like, everyone says that this man was a judge. I can find absolutely no mention of him anywhere in any census record or newspaper or even his obituary doesn't mention him being a, a judge. And he went back and checked and he thinks that it started because of a story told in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. That's what I was, I was getting with well, the more you got into that story just now. I'm like, this, this kind of rings uh, familiar for me because it kind of sounds like something that was told in the book. And I actually think it was mentioned in the movie as well. The movie um, is a whole nother thing. I'm sorry. Everybody in town, like the book and then <laughs> the movie. <laughs> The movie feels yeah. like a send up. Almost. I, I agree. I agree. Um, but I, it's one of those things where I don't feel guilty watching it because it's it is one of my guilty pleasures. Not even though it's it's not so um, it's not so it's not as good as the book, which is usually the case. Um, but you know, it, I. I still think it's a good, I think it's a good movie. I think it's, you know, something worth watching. Um, and I think it has its own special appeal to it. Um, especially the, if you look at, there's a shot of River Street in the movie. I think it's probably about maybe a quarter of the way through the movie. And it doesn't even, <laughs> it, I'm like, where is this? And then, but there's, there's trees lying down River Street. And I'm like, that looks like River Street, but there ain't no trees down there like that. And sure enough, it's just it's just it's a, just an old shot of River Street. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, you would. It took me a while to actually figure out where this is. So, it, the movie is worth um, watching for Lady Shibley alone. To me, she's the redeeming factor in that movie. <laughs> I agree, and to the to the point where obviously they could not cast that role. She Nobody could Clint feel her Eastwood shoes. When he was working on the movie, she said, no one will be able to play me except for me. And she was right. <laughs> she most definitely. Um, but luckily that is one that, that is a person that I was glad to, that I actually got to um, see before she passed, unfortunately. Um, but that was something that was set up by my wife and she knew how big of a fan I was of the movie and the book. And, it was just one of those things, and I was glad to see it. And like I told you before, that I actually got to meet uh, Jerry, the uh, hairstylist, which was interesting enough because he had we had, uh, my whole family happened to be walking through Forsyth Park one day, and uh, as we were walking, uh, it was just one of those days we were down there. We didn't really have any plans, and so we were just walking through the park, and uh, I hear this voice start talking to our kids. And I'm like, who's who's this guy, you know? And the voice is what caught me. And I was like, I know this person, but I something's not 
right. I don't know where I know him from. And so the next thing I know, he was t telling us about the pirate's house and how it's such a great experience for the kids. If we haven't gotten lunch yet, to definitely go check it out. And that is a whole, you know, go check out the, do the tour and let the people uh, tell us the stories behind it, so on and so forth. And then, you know, my wife said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And they were getting ready to walk off. And the next thing I know, I said, I walked up to him. I said, your name hat wouldn't happen to be Jerry, would you? And he said, oh, here we go. Another fan, another fan. And I said, oh, my goodness. And I said, are you kidding me right now? He said, which cover? He said, which uh, book do you have? I said, what do you mean? He said, do you have a hardback or a, uh, or a softback book? And I said, it's a hardback. And he told me exactly what page he, he was first mentioned on. And I said, oh, my goodness. And it was just the funniest thing. And he uh, he actually uh, uh, took my number before we left. And he said, you know what? He said, if you ever in Savannah again or if I got something going on, I'll be sure to give you a call. I said, that'd be great. I'd love to, you know, we'd love to come down and just hang out and rub elbows and so on and so forth. And I'm still <laughs> waiting on that call, Jerry. So, uh but other than that, you know, we had a great time and it, you know, it was, that was a, that was a big moment for me. And, you know, I, I thought, wow, I got to meet two uh, people, you know, from the book and from the movie that, you know, it just, it, that just blew my mind. I was, that was my big uh, running with celebrities. So. Savannah experience. Everyone here is so genuinely nice. It, you know, I, I grew up in the South and so, Southern hospitality is not foreign to me by any means, but people in Savannah are on a whole nother level of nice. They genuinely want to know about your day. They want to know that you're okay. And they are more than happy to give recommendations on places to visit. Absolutely. And uh, that just, I mean, that's just, that's amazing. And I, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's just one of those, you know, I, I'm not trying to compare cities, but you hear me being from South Carolina, everybody says mm -hmm. Charleston, Charleston, Charleston. I'm not not in Charleston by any means, but Savannah <laughs> is where it's at. I'm sorry. It is. Charleston is great, but Savannah is just different. That's right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, I've always, you know, it, it took one time for me to go to Char uh, go to Savannah and it was just, you know, I'm like, this is like, it feels like mm -hmm. a home away from home. And you know, it, it's just one of those, it's an inviting city. It, it, I don't, I really don't know how to describe it any other way. It's just, it's just one of these towns that just, I don't know. It's just, it has literally, it has an air about it and is I think it's a great place, a great town, and yep. obviously you did too because you moved there. One of the nicknames so. is the Hostess oh. City, and that's that's a very accurate nickname. Really. Yes, it is, and I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so, uh, do you have any other sure. stories you'd like to share I'd with? I love us? to tell people about the first time I ever actually saw a ghost, which when I was working at the NBC affiliate here in town, I, I've worked in broadcast news since 2006. And I, I have seen mm -hmm. all sorts of weird things happen with cameras and lights and various news equipment. I've seen all sorts of weird things happen. This was something I've never seen before or since. And I wasn't the only person who saw it. So I don't feel crazy telling people about it. Um, during the newscast, as a producer, I would sit in a special booth with the director. And then you've got the studio right next to it. And so we can sit there and see all of the monitors and see what's actually on air, what's queued up next, and what, you know, just left. And... It was towards the end of the newscast and I'm sitting there and I watch something run in front of one of the cameras that wasn't live, but I saw it happen mm. 
and I had my headphones on and I asked my prompter operator who was sitting in the studio, I said, Mike, did you, did anyone else walk into the studio? And he said, no, it's just me and the two anchors and the meteorologist who I could see all three of those people on camera. So I knew that they hadn't gone anywhere, which meant that it was just my prompter operator who I also knew didn't go anywhere because he was talking to me on the headset, which is hardwired into a box. And I turned around and looked at my director to see if he had seen what I saw and his eyes were wide as saucers and he just nodded and stared at me because we had both seen what we believe was a ghost run in front of a camera. And we, we had always joked about the station being haunted. Uh, We had heard weird noises in the lobby when no one else was around footsteps, doors opening and closing. And I worked the overnight shift. So I know when someone's in the building and mostly it was just me and my co-producer. So when we heard something else in the building, we knew it wasn't us. And it had just always been that long running joke of, oh, you know, it's just a station ghost. It's not that big of a deal. And then when I finally saw it, it stopped being a joke. Anytime anyone else mentioned it as a joke, I'm like, that's not a joke. It's real. (laughs) There's actually a ghost here. And so much so that one of my other coworkers and I had a deal that if anything happened and one of us started to die, the other one had to drag that person across the street to Grayson Stadium because we weren't going to haunt the news station. We'd go haunt the baseball stadium. That was fine. <laughs> oh, man. That is crazy. Um, that's good stuff, though. Um, I have never actually seen anything as prevalent as that, um, although I don't remember the name of the ghost tour, the and you probably do, but the the tour down in Savannah where they yes. actually have the uh, the hearses where you can actually ride in the back of the hearse. Um, me and my wife took one down there, and uh, we were sitting. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. they're almost like bar stools almost that you sit on. Um, but as we're riding now, this was an older camera. It was it was my wife's older camera, and we were riding. And as we were riding. Um, it was one of those things where we were riding so fast. I was like, uh, what are we looking at? Um, so I was like, I'm not even sure where I'm, I'm, I'm even supposed to be looking right now. But, uh, the, uh, the tour guide was talking on the, uh, speaker over the loudspeaker. So all of us in the back could hear. And I'm just sitting back there with my wife's camera, just snapping as we're going around the square, snap, 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 snap. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I, I snapped one and, uh, it was, I remember we were on a square. This is this is what stinks about the whole thing because I can't tell you what house it was. Um, and I just happened to be snapping. And when we got back home, we started looking through all the pictures. And sure enough, in the second floor, what look, appears to be the second floor of one of the houses on a square there, um, in one of the windows, you can actually see the curtain is drawn. So it's you can see the curtain is up against the window and the uh the room appears to be lit from maybe a lamp or whatever light source inside the room well what's weird about the image is that but what appears to be the silhouette of a woman between the curtain and the window as if somebody is sitting in the window peering out and it's almost i call it a silhouette but if you look closely you can make out almost like facial features and it's that's about the closest thing i've ever had (laughs) well i take that back i have one other story but uh that's here in south carolina and off topic but uh maybe i'll share that on the show one day but anyway um but yeah that's one of the one time you know one of those things that we actually caught down in savannah uh while we were there and so that's just uh that that's that's how my little run in with a savannah ghost there's when people catch something <laughs> um or what i'd like to think is yeah and see the problem is is that you know uh that's been so many years ago now the only 
record that I actually have of that picture is on my Facebook, <laughs> my Facebook history. So every time it comes around, I'm like, Oh, remember to save it. Remember to save it. And then I never do. So, <laughs> but, um, let's see here. I got a, a, one, one last thing. And I'm always curious. What is your recommendation or what is your favorite restaurant? In Savannah? I, Just I really curious. like moon rubber. Um, they have really good food. And okay. if you're looking for like down home Southern cooking, you go to Mrs. Wilkes. That is the place to go. That's what I thought. People get intimidated <laughs> by the wine out the door, but it is well worth it. And right now they're doing takeout because of COVID. Gotcha. I, I imagine, I mean, <laughs> I bet that's a lot of takeout. Um, I've never actually eaten at Mrs. Wilkes, but that is, you know, one of those things on the to-do list. Um, well, Miss Eni, I really do appreciate you coming on the show today. I cannot thank you enough. Um, is there any other thing you'd Don't like to share with Spanish our audience? Moss when you come here, I stop so many tourists downtown who want to touch the Spanish moss or put it on their head. Don't do that. There's bugs in it. <laughs> Red bug. Yep. <laughs> Red bugs. Okay, yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah, that's that's not a good that's oh. not a good thing. Um just ask my wife. <laughs> yeah, we actually went fishing a few years ago and uh we were out by the pond and she got she got eat up with red bugs. It was horrible. Um but anyway, um and you want to go ahead and give that TikTok one last name of uh Sure. One last plug Salt on that waves, TikTok Spanish account moss, one more time. And my blog is saltywavesandspanishmoss.com. Awesome. Annie, thank, thank you so much for being here once again. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this. I cannot thank her enough. Um, this was, I, you know, she was the first guest on the show, and it's just, it's just been an honor to have you here, and I really do thank you um, once I again. Thank it. you thank so you. much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. I really hope you uh, enjoyed what Miss Eni had to tell us and what she had to say. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to work with her on this, and I cannot, I cannot express it enough. I really do appreciate it. Um, like I said, go check out her um, TikTok if you have it. Um, she also has the blog, so be sure to check that out as well. So, until next time, don't let the boo hag get you. <laughs> All background music today was provided by Myu, M-Y-U-U. Find him on SoundCloud or YouTube.